there, and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? My name is Emmanuel Penklis. And my name is Michael Corbin. It's great to be here. It, uh, is, it is great to be here. Uh, we are very excited for week one of uh, Rugby League, Emmanuel. Are you, are you excited for the NRL season to kick off? Not long to go. I not know. Long to go Thursday night can't come any sooner. The teams are in, um, but just before we kick off, we just want to thank everyone for the feedback we've had on this podcast. It's been great to hear your opinions, get your thoughts um, on how we are going and how we can improve. Uh, For those that don't know, we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and TuneIn. So please rate, review, subscribe, follow, give your comments and uh, let us know what you think. We've also set up an email address for you guys to send us feedback, send us questions. Uh, It is howgoodisrugbyleague at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, queries, feedback, please send it to us. We're happy to hear it, happy to take everything on board. Absolutely. And we've really enjoyed uh, the feedback from everyone so far. I've been surprised by how many people have actually listened to us. So uh, that's a change, isn't it, Corbs? So... Uh, it's great. I know people people would want me to shut up most of the time. Yeah, I know. So I know. yeah, very different. Um, it's great. Okay, so let's get into it. Obviously, footy's two days away, but I think... Before that, we should talk about something that dropped last week, uh, the ad, the great ad. What do we think of it? Simply the best. It's back. Um, everyone's got a bit of an opinion. Everyone on uh, Talkback Radio certainly had their own opinions, sections of the media and others. What do you think, Corks? Well, look, we saw the little tease that happened at the grand final. They played the they played the old ad, they played the music, and we both looked at each other and we were like, oh, are they bringing it back, <laughs> right? And then this last week, it dropped. They brought back Simply the Best with Tina Turner, and they mixed in that old, the old, the old ad with the new young players. And look, I liked it. I love, I love the nostalgia of it. But it has brought up some controversy. Yeah, look, I really liked it too. Um, I was actually reading an article in the Herald today, but apparently, out of the nearly two minutes, South's got fourteen seconds. So maybe that's why I really enjoyed it, um, because that was the most of any club. But um, look, I thought it was really good. I I think that um, Latrell, as the star of it, was always going to be controversial, especially after what he went through last season um, in terms of his heritage. And then the off-season he's had as well, everyone just sort of... A lot of people consider him to be, you know, bigger than a team or bigger than the game sort of thing. But I disagree. I think that, you know, um, I think Rugby League um, has done incredible things for the Indigenous community. And I also think that Indigenous players have always had a massive role in rugby league. Um, obviously, last year we saw the retirement of Greg Inglis. And I think, you know, Luttrell can really step up and they want to make him the face of, of the game and an inspiration to Indigenous uh, kids everywhere. So, I look, I think it's great. I, I also really enjoyed the fact that, you know, the Macklemore performance at the grand final got a mention and it got a feature because... You know, I, I really thought that was a great time for the game, and I really like it when the game just sort of stands up and takes an issue on board. Um, rugby league is often criticised because it, it it's late to the party or it doesn't take an opinion, and it, like so often it gets criticised, and then it just sort of back downs. And, and I, I prefer the game for actually having a decisive view and, you know, taking a standpoint, really. Yeah, and look, we can't sit here and say that the NRL didn't want this ad to be a little controversial. These ads are made to make headlines. And I, I think it's for the good. I do like the ad and I do like what it stands for. I have no issue with it. But 
yes, it was made to be controversial. The company that made this ad, I think it's called The Monkees. They they are the ones who are responsible for the Australia Day lamb ads, you know. So yeah, they have they have a history of this, and the NRL wanted to be in the news. Whether they whether they did the right thing by making you know Aboriginal rights and all this stuff the the topic of conversation, and I, they tried to politicize this ad. If that's the right move, I don't know, but I liked it. I I don't have an issue with it, and I really don't see all the big fuss about it. But the NRL knew it was going to create some controversy, and on the eve of their kickoff, why not? Oh, exactly. And it's I just don't understand the criticism of the ad from the same people that have always said that the NRL should go back to simply the best. It was the best best campaign the games had. They bring it back. I mean, obviously, we can't show the same players, but there is the nostalgia. There's the South supporters marching. In 2000, there's Ray Warren's great, Newcastle have won the grand final. <laughs> that great moment from 1997. And how awesome. And even, you know, Jonathan Thurston's um, field goal in 2015. So, like, I think it's great. I, I would as a, I would personally love to see more of that because, and the, the crowd pumped up. I loved the Raiders fans walking down the street. I wish there was a bit more of that, but I don't know where you fit that in. There was a lot of Tyson Frizzell as well, so... Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe that's because St. George don't have many highlights from the past few years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're already pissy off of St. George supporters. I like it. <laughs> but anyway, look, I'm, I'm excited. It's got me really pumped about um, the footy and it, like it, it plays on the tribalism, which which is inherent, I think. So it's it's great to see that. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's a great build up and it's something else to talk about, really. Oh, I agree. Like I said, Made to be controversial, made for us to talk about it, and here we are. Okay, now let's let's get started on the actual game of Rugby League. The season kicks off on Thursday night. To start though, why don't we why don't we give why don't we give our top who we think will be in the top eight this season? Yeah, okay. I've changed this about six times in the last hour. I I really don't know because uh, we were just talking just before we started recording about this and it's pretty much like you look at all the teams and you think, well, they're not going to be in the bottom eight. Surely they'll make it. Surely they'll make it. And you sort of end up with 16 teams you think could be there. And then I'm like, you know you know what? Some of them actually probably won't. So the top eight I have, or will I run through the whole ladder? What do you want to hear, folks? Let's okay. go top eight. All right. So I'm on the para bandwagon this year. This is it. I'm calling it. So am I. Uh, are you? Jeez, I am. Here we go. However, I don't have them high in the st- that high in the standings, but I am on the para bandwagon. Well, there we go. Okay, so you have to be ready for this, and I'm not even sure I'm ready for it. So I have, controversially, Parramatta coming first. Mm-hmm. I then have Souths. I then have Manly. And then I have the Roosters. That's my top four. Okay. Okay. I have Penrith in fifth. Canberra in sixth, Melbourne in seventh, and then I was really torn about who to put in eighth spot because there are a few teams I really want to see there. And I actually, in an earlier draft, I had the Tigers in there, but I just knew they were going to come ninth. So I've put, <laughs> I've put Newcastle in eighth spot purely because it has to, their time has to come, like surely. So we actually have the exact same teams in the top eight. My oh, order, really? my order's a bit different. So I've gone Canberra to start off. I think they're going to be really strong this season. Yep. I think they're going to have a really great regular season. I think they're going to come out firing after what happened in last year's grand final. Yep. I think they want to have a point to prove. I have also gone Souths at second. I think they're going to. I think they're going to start hot. 
Uh, whether they stay hot during the finals is another question. Yeah. But I think they're going to be a good regular season team. I have the Roosters in third. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to start slow. We've already named Boyd Cordner. Boyd Cordner's not playing this first week. So we are we are going to rest our players when need be. We're going to manage our roster. We're going to make sure that people aren't too fatigued. But I think we have the talent to be up in that top four. Yeah. I have the Eels as fourth. Like I said, on the Eels bandwagon this year. Uh, but I think they're gonna they're gonna have a hot start to the season. They're gonna have a bit of a lull during the middle of the season, though. I think. Yeah. Well, my my thinking with Parramatta, just to jump in, was definitely, I think that they have the experience now of finals footy. They have a team that's very well balanced. They have a fortress at home. They've really done quite well in the off season, considering their team already. And I I just think. That bit of extra experience, even like a premiership winning player like Madison is just going to come into a team that's already pretty established. Um, and I, I really think they have a point to prove this year. So I agree. I, I, and for me, it could go either way because it, it has before for them where, you know, a couple of years, three years ago, I think it was, they made the top four and then they came last. But I think it's different this time. Um, I agree. I agree. I think they're, I think they're primed for a, a big, big leap this year. But there are there are some tough teams at the top of the table. That's why I have them at fourth. But that doesn't mean I think they'll finish their come season. Like that doesn't mean I w- I think they'll not make the grand final. Yeah. Okay. In fifth place, I have Manly. Okay. So very close to where you had them. You had them as third. In sixth, I have Storm. It's Melbourne. They're not going to be bad. They're going to make the top eight. It's Bellamy. It's Smith. You know, it's going to be a reliable product. I have the Pan- uh, Panthers in seventh. Yeah. Cleary has freed himself from Maloney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a sole playmaker, well, not the sole playmaker, but he's the primary playmaker now. I see a big improvement from him. I think they've done well to fit out this team, and I think they'll be improved on last year. And I also have the Knights in eighth. Yeah. I have the Knights in eighth purely because the, the time has come, really. Um, we said this last week. I... I just think they, they have someone there now like Adam O'Brien. He's been through the Rooster system. He's been through the Melbourne system. Um, they have a playing roster that really has pressure on them now. They got rid of their coach. Uh, Mitchell Pearce needs to step up. The whole team needs to step up, really. And you have the weight of a community that just has a bit more expectation. I mean, we've been talking about Newcastle being a basket case since twenty. 20- 13 was the last time they made the finals, if I recall. Yep. Um, That's correct. Maybe 20... No, yeah, 2013. No, it was 2013. They yeah. bowed out against the Roosters so in, the right. in the round prelim. of... In the prelim. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, since then, it's three wooden spoons, and it, Nathan Brown did a really good job, and I I was stunned that he actually lost the support of the playing group last year. I couldn't believe that he was sacked, but sometimes you do have the coach that's there for the rebuild and is not the one to deliver. I think... O'Brien has a lot of experience. Uh, whether he will able to put something together in the first re- in the first season as the head coach is probably an ask, but I, I do expect them to step up. I mean, we look at Michael Maguire. He came through the Melbourne system in his first season at Souths as head coach. He took him to the top four. Seabold was also an assistant coach down in Melbourne. He did quite well. Um, you had Brad Arthur, who is a regular top eight coach now with Parramatta. He's come through the Melbourne system as well. Jason Taylor was um, at the Roosters as an assistant coach. And then he's the only one I can think of who probably didn't have success as a head coach. But Paul Green also went through the Roosters and he had success at um, the Cowboys, as you know. So I do expect 
I do expect them to do quite well, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, look, I expect Ponga to... Ponga t- took a lot of criticism at the back end of last year. Mitchell Pearce struggled at the back end of last year. I think they'll be both improved. I think the big thing is they actually have a reliable hooker. Jalen Brady's a good player. Yep. And I think he will be able to steer the ship, uh, steer the team from that dummy half spot and get Mitchell Pierce the service that he needs. And, you know, the team can work off that. They've got a good forward pack. Yep. So I think I think the Knights will make a leap and they should they should make the eight. Couple notable uh, people uh, teams that we've left out, Emmanuel. Both of us have left the Broncos out, the Sharks out, and the Tigers. Tigers. I think, I think they're the next three, right? I have Cronulla 14th. <laughs> and I'm going to regret this because they're playing Souths this weekend, so we know what's going to happen now. But I I just think Cronulla are really going to struggle. They've lost a leader. They've got a coach who's, I think, too close with the playing group. He's too... He played with some of them. He he, he I think it's a, it's a challenging time, I think, for a club. And I just don't know if he's the right person there. I don't, yeah, I don't think he got enough reps as a, an assistant coach yeah. to be thrown into the head coaching spotlight. Not saying that he can't get there, but I think it was too soon for be, him to be a head coach. And he got the job because Flanagan got suspended. Yeah. So he wasn't necessarily ready for it. And I don't think you know, being shoved into that situation has helped him. And yeah, I don't know whether I John also, Morris has the ability to lead a team to a premiership. Oh, exactly. Yet, and yet. I, I also think that um, given Cronulla's financial situation, that maybe it was a better option just to get an in-house homegrown coach. Um, but there are some egos at that club that he needs to manage, and I think the fact that Gallen, who is himself a, a you know quite a presence, I think would have assisted the coach, but. You know, coming off that, it, at the same time, you, you've got Dugan there, you've got Fafita there, just to name a couple. Moylan as well. I mean, yep. how do you keep all these people together, really? I, I think they're going to struggle. I hope I'm wrong, but for the sake of Sharks fans, I hope I'm wrong. But um, at the same time, I just think they're going to have a, quite a tough year. I, I, I agree. I don't see them making the eight. I don't have them as far down as you, but yeah, I think they will struggle. Yeah, they've also um, lost a centre. Yeah, apparently Josh Morris has agreed to terms with the Roosters. The Sharks are letting him go, and he will be at the Roosters come next week. He will be playing in. He's been named in the Sharks this week, but come next week, he will be. Yeah, I think just before we recorded, I thought I saw that it might actually be from round three. Round three. Okay. So there we go. But that's an interesting one as well. So yeah, well, Roosters needed a centre. What roosters um, want, roosters get, right, Corbs? Exactly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, uh, who else have you got to round out your uh, bottom eight? Well, actually, just going on to the Broncos, I just think they're going to struggle this year. I I think the, the lasting impact of last year's last game, and there's obviously a cultural problem in that club. Uh, Darius has announced his retirement during the week as well, but I, I don't really know what to expect from them. I think they, then you've got a new halfback, there's, there's a lot happening there where I just think it's so uncertain. And even when Wayne was there, they've always been short a star player. Like 2015 grand final, it, it and there was a lot happening in the forwards. The backs were a bit, you know, a bit all over the place. Um, of course, you know, if Ben Hunt didn't drop the ball, they might have won that grand final. But at the same time, I just think, I think they're, they're a bit weak. Um, they've got some strong forwards there who, as we saw last year, they did a lot of the work. And yeah, a lot, a lot of their tries are off the back of 
barnstorming runs by oh. Payne Haas, David Fafita, even Tavita Pangai Jr. Can you rely on that game in, like, week in, week out? Yeah. I mean, last year, the forwards created the space. Um, sometimes so much space they scored. The backs didn't capitalize. The new halfback will have that to his advantage, but I, yeah. I don't know how it's going to work, especially um, with Milford still there, Dari still there. Who's calling the shots? How does the halfback assert his authority? Yeah, look, Brody Croft needs to take control of this team and steer it around the park and let Milford play that off-the-cup football that he's so good at to be successful. But whether that happens straight away, we don't know. Will they get off to a slow start? I think so. I think there's going to be a teething out period where they're, they're going to struggle early and it might be too hard to come back from. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Okay. Uh, Tigers, you had them as ninth? Yeah, I just just don't know. Like, it, If you're trying to find teams to put in the top eight, I think the fact that they've consistently been just outside, it makes it so difficult to, to give them the spot. I, I've said this before. I, like, I, Madge is a great coach. I there's a lot going on there though. Into like how I I don't even know what their strengths are. I mean they don't have do they have a hooker? Uh, it's Billy Walters at the moment, but will it be Harry Grant in two weeks' time? Who knows? Will it be Josh Reynolds at the end of the season? Uh, Corey Thompson's playing fullback at the moment. Will he keep that spot? I just think their spine's a bit shaky, and they lost play like Madison was a big loss. Yeah, huge Madison loss. was awesome last year for them. Huge loss, and you just know that that will come back to hurt them, I think, because I just think in a Parramatta forward pack where he doesn't have to do as much work as he was at the Tigers, he will look even better. Playing outside Mitchell Moses gives him another ball-playing second row. It's it's a great fit, if you yeah, ask me. Definitely. Uh, where do you have the Cowboys sitting? Around the same as the Broncos. So I have the drag. Uh, sorry, I have Dragons, I have 11th. Broncos, I have 12th. And the Cowboys, I have 13th. It's probably a harsh spot to put them. But I don't know. I, I'm still not convinced on the coach. I think that this year is going to be a really big year for him because it's been a, it's been a few years now. Um, and at what point does the coach get tired of the club and the club get tired of the coach? And sometimes it's easier just to do it sooner rather than later. I think, as I said last week, Michael Maguire is the case in point. He got us to the finals a couple of years after we won the comp, or one year after, and then it was a couple of terrible seasons and South ripped the Band-Aid off. And I think there's a risk if you don't do that. Um, Tim Sheens is the example, I think, of back at the Tigers because he he stayed too long and some of their other players probably stayed too long as well. And yep, it's, it's harder to rebuild sometimes. I agree. They got a new halves combination now. Uh, Drinkwater's been named at five eight. They're putting Val Holmes at fullback, which was expected. You can't pay someone that much money and not play them at a key position. But I do think that their roster lacks a bit of depth, and especially their outside backs. I just I don't see it. I don't see them being good enough to to make it into the top eight. You had the Dragons a bit higher than I do. I had the Dragons at fourteenth. Look, I think that. Gus's review is going to help them. Like No one knows really what was in this review, but he's obviously identified some things. Shane Flanagan, I think, is a is very important to this team. Shane Flanagan has his own little agenda that I think he's going to have to prove uh, people wrong. 
he, I think that if he comes in and St. George do well this year, he gets a lot of the credit for that because the head coach who's been there a long time hasn't changed, but the, the surrounding and assisting staff have. Uh, Flanagan was a strong coach um, at Cronulla. They really developed this sort of, we will grind any team out of the park. It, as Phil Gould calls it, it's a bit of a Bermuda Triangle. Teams go missing at Cronulla. Let's see what happens. I... I think that, that there has to be improvement. They have too many good players, in my opinion, that just didn't click last year for whatever reasons, on or off the field. There's obviously no more certainty into what's going to happen off the field, but I think they're better prepared for it. Yeah, I my biggest questions are the spine. Lomax is getting the first shot at fullback. Yeah. How good will he be in that role? Yeah. Hunt and Norman are fine. They're both good enough players, but... You're missing McInnes for the first eight, nine weeks of the competition. Isaac Luke didn't look great in that All-Stars game, and he's looking old. So they haven't got he a hooker lead. He is he, old. He is old. He is old. And they're not looking. He doesn't. I don't know whether he can lead him around the park the way that it's it's required. And their back line is not great. Their back line is not strong. And I just, I think they're going to struggle. I don't think they have the talent to compete. Yeah. And look, McInnes is a big loss. And the same reason that, the Tigers sit outside the eight is the same reason St. George do. You need you need a good spine. And it's the same thing again. Isaac Luke was a great hooker five, six, seven years ago, but the fact that he struggled to find a club for this season probably says a lot about where he is in his yeah. career. And they, did, they didn't want to rely on him. They wanted to rely on McInnes and give Isaac probably 10, 15 minutes in the middle and let McInnes play lock for a bit. But this is the situation you've been put in. I just, I don't think it'll work. I think they're going to struggle to start, which is odd because the Dragons are normally really good to start the season and they tail off at the end. I think it's going to be the reverse this year and I think there's going to be questions raised about McGregor's job security very early on. Which is fine, but I think he's at least secure for this season and next based on the fact that Flanagan can't coach as a head coach until 2022. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, that's what I think, but who knows what's going to happen. Coaching merry-go-rounds, they they never look like they're going to happen, and then they do, so who yeah. knows? You lose a couple in a row, and the pressure's on straight away. Oh, exactly, exactly. Emmanuel, who'd you have at 10th? I had the dogs at 10th, and I, I just think it's the same thing again. There was improvement last year from them. By the end of the season, they got it. But do I think that they're good enough to be there? I, I don't know. I, I don't I personally, I think that I agree with you. I think they're going to improve. I don't think they have the talent to be good enough yet. Foran's going to be missing the first couple of weeks, I think, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. And so the, that's and that's a that's a huge loss. He was a big part of their uh, resurgence at the end of last year. He led them around the park. He he really found his footing as like a leader on that team. I think I I agree they're going to be improved, but I think they're just going to be short of the eight. I think so too, and which is a shame because it, I think it's it's great to have a, a strong Bulldogs team in there especially if a team like Para and a team like Manly are also doing well because it creates some really interesting matchups um, in September and we always love those sort of rivalries, but I think they're just going to miss out. I, I I think they could surprise, though. They could be the one that surprises. I, mean, I don't think anyone expected them to do as well as they did last year. There was just so much effort from them and that, that I think it, it really built a culture in that team. So if if they're up there and they make the eight, I would not be surprised at all. But they're going to need that grit and determination they had in the last few rounds of the season. They're going to need that all year. Look, the thing is, 
maybe they won't make the, the eight this year, but they're heading in the right direction, and that's that's the that's the thing that the Bulldogs supporters want. They can see that their team's improving. It's a young team. They've now got some direction. They're only going to get better as the years go on. Yeah, and they're going to you know Lachlan Lewis is going to come into his own. Dalamotezni Zelezniak is going to. Uh, Embrace his role at fullback a bit more and not be thrown in it, you know, mid-season. Uh, the combinations will start to improve. And, yeah, they're heading in the right direction. I I just think they're going to fall short a little bit this year. But that's not saying that I wouldn't be surprised that they they but, make the eight. You know, we have, them, we have them just outside the eight. But if they fall just in the eight, who knows what can happen? I mean, if they come seventh or eighth, I mean, it's anyone's game from there. Yep. Okay, and I'm pretty sure we both have the same bottom two teams. We have the Warriors and the Titans. We do, uh, in that order. <laughs> uh, yes, I have yeah. the Titans coming last, but... Who knows? Who knows? But... Who knows? Yes. I, the Titans, I think they'll be better than last year, yeah. but better than last year is not great. Yeah, better you know? than last year, but still worse than all the other teams. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the Warriors, they don't even... I don't care where they come, they don't deserve to be any higher in anyone's predicted ladder because they stuff up my tipping every year. <laughs> Can't stand them because they're so all over the place. You just don't know what's going to come out. And it's such a shame, but mm-hmm. they... It's, I don't understand how you can be a team like in the same country as the All Blacks and not have any sort of resilience that the All Blacks have built. Like, tap into that. Tap into that culture. You have it in your backyard. You have um, the greatest sporting team in any sport in the All Blacks. Yeah, and that they the are greatest notorious. national team They ever. have set a reputation for winning. Uh, they have set a reputation for being supporting each other. They're notorious. Um, Cooper Cronk has spoken... Cooper Cronk was talking once about how he was admiring the All Blacks culture in one of, and he was reading one of their books or something like that. I don't understand. It is right there in the same country. Go and learn from them. That You're obviously doing it wrong. You have been for too long. You, you're, it's just so frustrating to watch. I, I can't understand. Like, I would hate... I'm a South supporter. That's stressful enough. But being a Warrior supporter must be the most frustrating thing in the world. The team has so much talent. They just... They misuse it. They... They're, they're a team that can beat Souths one week and then get pumped by the Titans the next week. And it makes it makes no sense. They have no consistency. Half the time, they don't turn up to games. And when they do, they're incredible. And it's like, well, where is this every week? Why don't we see this week in, week out? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'm thinking that if they're playing away this week, which I think they are... I think they are. are. They're in Newcastle. They are in Newcastle. So we all know... Not to tip them because they travel terribly. They do. All right, that's that's our ladder predictions for the season. Now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, Emmanuel, and I will answer them as well. Yeah. Uh, who have you got winning the whole comp? I have Para. I have Para winning the whole comp, and I'm going to watch them play Souths or Manly at the SCG on the fourth of October. Okay, so I have. I have the Roosters winning the comp. Okay. Not surprisingly. Not surprisingly. You know, I think we, I think we have that the talent to win it again. But if you were to ask me who I think is a team that's not my own to win it, yeah. I also have Parramatta. Yeah. I think Mitchell Moses is going to be great this year. As I said earlier, I think Madison outside of him is a fantastic pairing. Yeah. The new rule changes are really going to help them. That the fact that they can put up, you know, those little kicks to. A uh, your winger center combination of Wonga Blake and Blake Ferguson, and then not being able to be tackled out of the air, yeah, is going to help them so much. 
I really hope that they are up there. Otherwise, it's been the biggest waste of a podcast ever. But <laughs> we're, bo- we're both on. We're, we're both either, on. They're the- either getting the wooden spoon. Yeah, we're both or- on the para bandwagon. We both see the potential. Yeah. Don't let us down, Parramatta. It's been thirty-five years now. Thirty-six years. How long is it? Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Nineteen eighty-six. Nineteen eighty-six. Um, and who are they playing, Corbs, in the in the grand final? They, well, I think it'll be the Roosters. Okay. I think we'll be there. Okay. I'm not going anywhere near that comment. (laughs) Look, you're going to be up there, but whether you have the success you've had the last two years, there are changes to your team. Yeah, we lost. We lost Cronk. That's a huge loss. We lost Latrell, which is a big loss as well. Yeah. It depends how well Manu plays for you, I think, because his form last year at times was extraordinary. So um, let's see. Let's see. I, let's see what happens. And I have one for you. Who's winning the Dally M? Well, sticking with Parramatta, yeah. Mitchell Moses. Oh my god, I have him too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if if Parramatta's winning games, he's going to be the reason. He's going to get at least one to two, like one. He'll get points. Yeah, you know, if Parramatta win a game, he's going to be the one setting up the tries. He's going to be the one making the line breaks, putting three putting people through holes, doing all the kicking. Dylan Brownlee's improved, yeah. but this is Mitchell Moses' team. Working with Joey during the off-season is really going to help him. You know, Joey's one of the best minds in rugby league. And from what, I, what, from what I've heard Joey say this off-season, Mitchell Moses is in for a big season. And yeah, yeah, it seems like a safe pick. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I also just wanted to mention why I think Manly is going to be there because... I feel like we sort of missed them a bit, but yep. I, like I really think that last year against Souths they were hard hard done by. I wasn't a really big fan of De- Des Hasler ringing Graham Annesley after to tell him off, but I really I think he's a great coach. He's an absolute mastermind. His teams are going to be up there, um, and I think if they get it together, they play this great brand of footy. They play with such confidence, and if you have. Parramatta playing really well out of Bank West and Manly playing really well out of Brookie and they both meet at the end of uh, September, start of October. That'll be really, really great to watch. Um, And the other thing that comes to mind about Parramatta is with ANZ out of action, that if they finish in the top four and get some home finals, they'll be playing them at Bank West, which will definitely help. I mean, to play a grand final qualifier at Bank West... Um, yeah, you're get would, the Parramatta faithful out yeah, there. They, 100%. they would rally behind the team. It'd be a like obviously it'd be a packed house, but when Parramatta are going well, the fans really get behind them. It's going to be deafening in that place, especially the way it's designed. Um, yeah, a home a home prelim final at Bankwest Stadium definitely puts puts Param- them in the, yeah, in the puts right it, spot. puts them in the right spot. Definitely. And the other new stadium that um, we'll start seeing from this week is the one in North Queensland. So. Maybe that can help the Cowboys out. Let's see what happens there. We'll see. It's the derby as well. They always rise to the occasion. Yeah, it is. And it is being played in uh, North Queensland this week. So so who knows? Yeah. We've run through the uh, the ladder. We've run through our picks for Dallium, Wooden Spoon, winners. Just to clarify, we didn't actually coordinate this. We've obviously just both looked around and thought, well, we don't want to pick Souths and we don't want to pick the Roosters. Yeah, so. pretty much. Parramatta is the go-to team. <laughs> Pretty much. And look, we have we have a couple of friends who are Parramatta fans who will be listening to this and be like, oh, I like that, you know? So, and the Parramatta, fa- the Parramatta fan base is quite big, so maybe we maybe we can get a few more... It's a good thing for rugby league, I yeah, think. A few more listeners. Okay, let's run through this week's action. Yep. Okay, um, so two nights to go. Thursday night, we kick off Parramatta and the Bulldogs at Bank West. 
I do, do I have to ask who you're thinking? I, I think we're thinking the same thing. I think and we it's, are. It's Parramatta. We're thinking para. Yeah. Okay. Friday night, the early game. You've got Canberra and the Gold Coast. You have second versus 16th from last year. What do you think? It's, t- it's a tough one. <laughs> really struggled with this one. But I am going the Raiders at home. Yeah, I think... I mean, we're, I think we've been a bit harsh on the Gold Coast. They've got a new coach who um, comes with a big rap. And at the same time, though, I I just don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, in my head, and I think in a lot of people's heads, that they've just become notorious with sort of... Especially, like, when they started, they were phenomenal. But in the last, like, five years, they've just been a disappointing team. When, when they started, they got all those veterans. You got Scotty Prince, you got Matt Rogers, Preston you know, Campbell. Preston Campbell. People who were veterans who could lead a team around the park. Now it's a lot of young guys. Yeah. You know, Ash Taylor has never shown himself to be that leader on the field. Yep, definitely. You're and, right. You're and right. unless he improves, that team will not improve. Yep, 100%. Okay, next game. Brisbane in, in North Queensland at the Cowboys. Who you got? Um, at the new stadium, the Derby, Friday night. I'll go the Cowboys. I've gone the Broncos. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm a bit higher on Brody Croft than maybe you are. Yeah. I think he's gonna I think he's going to be able to take control of this team. And I just see them being a bit better than the Cowboys. I think their forward pack the Broncos forward pack is much stronger. Yeah. Uh it's gonna be hard to contain Haas, Feeder. Pango Jr., as I said earlier. Jack Bird at fullback is the right move. Yeah, definitely. I think he gives you a bit more of a, a spark at the back there. Yeah, I think I think they'll it'll be a tight one. It always is a tight one. It's always it's always within four points between always these two. So yeah, I think the Broncos will get the edge though. Uh, I look I think the home crowd, the new stadium, it's early days, but I, I think that this is the one the Cowboys win. I think they have a lot to prove on a couple of seasons. Although Brisbane, you know, their last game was 58-0, so who knows. But I'm always a bit wary. Someone like Brodie Croft, like, he was in Melbourne and Craig Bellamy released him. So I read into that quite a bit. Yeah. Sort of. Okay, fair enough. I think I think it was more of an issue of... Brodie Croft just didn't gel with Cameron Smith and you could see the moment they started playing together, it never worked. Maybe a new situational help. He's going to be running the team. It's not. It wasn't... It wasn't his team in Melbourne. Yeah. So if he can take the reins of this team and, and he can control it and it's his team, I think it'll be beneficial for him and the Broncos. Okay. Um, Saturday, Newcastle and the Warriors, the three o'clock game. We already discussed this. It's the Knights. If we if we think the Knights are going to be as good as they can be and make the top eight, they have to win a game like this. At home, first season opener. Come on. I, look, I think they'll start this season well. The Warriors always take a while to get going anyway. Um, and I think Newcastle will start strongly. Strongly, They've got a bit to prove. And they were doing really well last year as well until, what, Origin? So um, I think it'll be a similar season to last year. They'll start well, and after Origin, they'll just keep it going, win a few more games, and get into the eight. So yep. I agree with you on that one. Yep. Uh, 5.30, Souths and Cronulla. Cronulla are a bit of a danger team for us. We just always... We struggle against them. I don't know yeah, why. But it's, it's normally down at their home field. Yeah. Now, it's being played at ANZ, I believe. It is play, being played at ANZ. So, I have the Rabbitohs. I think yeah. it's a safe pick. Yeah, I have South too. We start the season well normally. Um, I, I I think we'll be... we'll be, I think we'll win. Yeah. To be honest. I just... I'm, um, I'm interested to see how Latrell goes at fullback. He hasn't played there in two to three years. Yeah, and I'm just um, not sure what's going on. It's a really interesting bench... You've got 
Um, on the in the twenty one man squad, you've got Alex Johnson at seventeen, Goodwin at eighteen. Um, he's back as well for us. So um, I'm interested to see whether they make the final cut. I I don't know if we're just going to try combinations. I don't know if Latrell is just going to play there for a bit and then be rested. Um, who knows? I mean, bearing in mind he's had such a rogue off season in terms of um, training and fitness and. I mean, you know, it's round one. He doesn't need to play the full 80, but it would be nice to get the win and for him to start gelling with the team a bit more. See, I disagree. I think he needs to play the full 80. I think you need to push him. I think you need to tire him out. This is the only way he's going to get match fit. Playing at fullback's a lot different to playing at center. You need to be in and around the ball always, at all times. You need to be following where it's going. So if you start him out only playing him 50 minutes, 60 minutes, I don't see the point. I think you need to tire him out, make him play the full 80, even if you do lose, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference. You need to get him that experience in that position, even yeah. in those tough games. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. You're right. Okay, next game, uh, Roosters at Penrith. Roosters at Penrith. I'm going Penrith. So am I. And I know you know, it's it's hard to back you again, like go against your own team, but it's round one. I can't remember the last time Roosters won a round one matchup. Boyd Cordner is already uh, being load managed, yeah. so he's not playing this weekend, uh, which is an interesting thing to, you know, we'll see how that plays out all season. How many games is he going to miss? Um, we haven't got a, a specialty center at the moment. Angus Triton will be playing there. And I think Penrith, Penrith are going to be an improved team. And I think out there, first week, they're up for this matchup. I just don't know whether we are. Yeah, and I agree. Penrith have a lot to prove. They've had a full off-season um, without Maloney. They've had a better off-season than last with the whole video Controversy. Tape saga. Yep. This is the first season where Cleary's had a full off-season to run the club. And I I think they have a lot to prove. They, they have a roster that's better than uh, what they performed last year. Having said that, they're up against the... The world champions, unfortunately. Um, they're up against the Roosters. And, you know, I mean, the Roosters are a strong team. But as you said, I think Cordner missing. Uh, they're still short a couple of... Well, they're, they're still short a centre, at least, until Morris arrives in a couple of weeks. Uh, Flanagan still is yet to, I think... He's going to have a... He's going to have a... He's going to have an adjustment a, period. Of course. And I think that in... In the scheme of things, a round one loss to them won't bother them at all. So, no. um, this is obviously a game that they've earmarked they can lose, and that's why Corden is being rested, yep. I reckon. I agree. Next game is uh, the Storm in Manly. Now, this game is always a great rivalry I'm very game. Very excited for this game. You know, they, might... they battled each other out in the grand final a couple of times in the past. Yeah, um, and. Des, um... Des and. Craig. Craig. Des and Craig. And the other thing is that, don't forget, uh, Manly had a big win against them by a point last year down at Amy Park. So I know this game's a brookie, but they'll take a lot of confidence out of that one. Um, these two teams do hate each other. I, I think Manly will win this game. Okay. I was going to tip Manly, and then I remember that uh, pretty sure Craig Bellamy has never lost a round one matchup. So... I'm going... That's a big stat. That's a big stat. I'm pretty sure he's... I think he was 17 and though last year. Maybe eight. Maybe... Yeah, I think he was 17 and though. So, I'm going the Storm just on reputation. So am I. I'm going the Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That is yeah. a big stat. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Melbourne in a close one then. But I, I think that 
Um, I have huge raps on Manly. Um, a lot of my relatives would be furious at me about that. But um, I hope they have it. Like, I really enjoyed watching them play last year. They have oh, some exciting players. Um, I'm not a big fan of DCE, but I do like watching the Travoyevichs. Um, so the other see. the other reason I I lean towards towards the Storm is that Jake Travoyevich and Adam Fenor Blake were not supposed to play this round. They've been named. Yeah. They both had. I think they both had shoulder surgery. Yeah. They've both been named. I don't know whether they'll play or not. Maybe this is you know, Des throwing a bit of. So round one spanner in the round works. Round one spanner in the works, yeah. trying to trick the opponent. Are they fully healthy? This is why this is why I've slightly leaned towards Melbourne. I think they'll get the victory in round one. It's Bellamy. He doesn't he doesn't lose. Yeah, I know. I agree. But you know what? Um, Melbourne's a team that doesn't like to get frustrated. Craig Bellamy um Des Hasler has to be the most frustrating person <laughs> in the world. So it's round one. You want more than the two points, you want the psychological victory over your opponent. So, I, I know you've said that, Stad. I'm still going to go for Manly. Okay. Um, but, obviously, Melbourne's going to win now. So, I don't know We'll see. We'll see. We should mention that Emmanuel and I actually came top two in our tipping comp last year. I did win. So, there's a bit of rivalry between us. And now that we get to reveal our, each, our picks to each other each week, could get very heated. But good thing we reveal them on a... Early in the week, and then hopefully I can change him by Thursday anyway. Of course, of course. It's all mind games. Of course. Okay, last game of the round. Dragons versus Tigers. Oh, this is a big game. I think both teams have a bit to prove, but I think St. George will win this one. I've gone the Tigers. I don't really know why. This this was the hardest round, the game of the round to pick for me. Yeah. Um... I think Tigers are going to take some time to work out their spine. Dragons are the same. I think the Tigers have a better halves halves combination and a better backline, and yep. I think that's what's going to get them over the edge. Um, yeah. I, but who did you tip? I tip the Tigers. But the Dragons have the better halves combination. No, the Tigers, Tigers have the better the, yeah, halves right. combination. Look, I I don't know. I think I. I obviously have big raps on Flanagan. I think St. George just need to start fresh. You get to that point last season where it was just like the season from hell for them. So I'm going for Dragons. Okay. So let's recap quickly. I have gone the Eels, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, Storm, and Tigers. And I have gone the Eels... The Raiders, the Cowboys, the Knights, the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, Manly. I've gone all the home teams. Yeah, I, I, I don't like doing that. So yeah, <laughs> I mix right. it up. It doesn't I mix, look good. I mix it up a bit. Um, oh, who I'll knows? change one of them. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll pick me. Who knows? Maybe. Um, I'll tell you what. It's very important in tipping to get a good start. That's where you want to, you although, want to get full although, round of tipping. Although last year you had a great start and I caught up at the end. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Corbs, as you know, my tipping is much better than my fantasy. I still haven't built my team yet, which is why I'm a bit wary of this segment. But let me ask you, who should I definitely have in my fantasy team? Okay, Uh, we're talking NRL fantasy here. I have the standard guys that everyone really should have. I have Payne Haas. He's close to a million. He's basically a million dollars, but 
He's the best captaincy option to use. You have to start with him. Uh, Abbasite Coruscant is underpriced, and uh, Braden Braley is underpriced. Yeah. Uh, so they're both must-haves in the hookers' positions. Uh, I've gone with Mitchell Moses at half. I think you need either him or Cleary. It's up to you. Fantasy player of the year as well, just for the whole... Probably. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. A young guy who I've... Uh, everyone Everyone has Zach Lomax as well. He's, yeah. He's dual position, wing center, fullback. So he's a must-own, probably in the centers. You know, players like uh, Ryan Pappenhausen has got the starting job, so look at him. Cash cows like Jerome Luai. He's a yep. must. Billy Walters, I've got in my team because he's got the hooking role for the Tigers. And players like Jack Williams, who've now taken over the starting, starting lock role at the Sharks. You want to look for those guys who were coming off the bench last year and a bit underpriced and who can make you money and then you can upgrade later. Who are you captaining this week? Payne Hart's. It's not yeah. even a question. He's going to be my captain. He's a set and forget every week. Do you find that your fantasy guides your tipping? No, not at all. I think they're completely separate. Well, maybe that's where I'm going wrong. We've had a couple of fan questions come in. So the first one was about the ad. So we've already spoken about that, obviously. And then another one was a bit more of a Souths-related question. How do we see Cameron Murray's move to second row? This was asked by our mate MJ. I don't really know what to think, to be honest. I don't know know how Souths are going to play this year. I think him on the edge probably means he's more effective um, and maybe a lighter workload, but... You need a player like that in the middle, so I, I don't really know what's the going on. The way your bench is made up, it might suggest that, you know, he has he plays on the edge, he starts on the edge, but he does have a spell on the middle somewhere. Yeah. You know, he might replace Liam Knight at lock for a little bit. So I can see him playing a little bit of that middle role, but on the edge, I think he's gonna be good. I think that's probably where he should be eventually uh, in the future. Yep. But We'll see how it goes initially for South. So I think it'll be a learning period. But that's where he started. That's where he played his junior years, I think, as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, um, anyway, that concludes another round and another podcast of How Good Is Rugby League. Thanks for all Thanks for all your um, support so far. We've really appreciated it. As we said, we have an email. We do have an email. It is howgoodisrugbyleague at gmail.com. And guys, the best way to support us is to please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on as many platforms as you can. Leave a message, and that's the best way for us to know how we're improving and uh, where we can improve and, you know, gets us on the on the charts and whatnot, which is eventually where we want to be. Exactly. And if there's anything you feel like we aren't talking about or anything we're talking too much about... If you feel like we've neglected your club, you know, reach out to us. We're happy to talk about any team, any club, any player. So, yeah. Exactly. And if anyone is listening from my work, that means that the uh, team, the firm email in the tipping comp shout-out really worked. So thank you if anyone's listening and has listened <laughs> for this entire podcast. Um, we will be back next week with another round. Um, we'll, and we will yeah. also review our tips. And we might also have a look and think, how stupid were we with some of our ladder predictions too? But we'll <laughs> save that probably for mid-season. Yeah, at some point in the season, we'll go through uh, where we think everyone was standing. We'll probably do a mid-season report card, um, have a look at who's at the Dally M before the cutoff and whatnot. Uh, but next week, it'll be your general show. We're going to be reviewing the week that was, go through the tips uh, for the next week, and you know any headlines that pop up, we'll, you know we'll be onto it. We'll be onto it. And finally, one more thing just before we finish. I really want to wish our good friend, 
who works at the NRL, Jimmy Stavrianis, a very happy birthday. Um, if happy you're birthday, Jimmy. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Um, you are a legend. And Emmanuel, one more thing. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league?